Welcome to RSVP Radio with Brooke podcast, where we keep it real. It's sustainable. Being a mom, a professional, a good human, staying fit, it's a lifestyle and has to be sustainable. Valuable. If it's not going to add some value to your day, you won't find it here. Personal growth, health and wellness, building a community, it's a one-stop shop, y'all. And of course, parties. I'm a certified meeting professional, or CMP, and have planned major events for 10 plus years, but people basically think I plan parties all day, so we'll go with that. I'll tell you how your parties will be the very best of them all. So this isn't a regular podcast, it's an event. You can attend whenever and wherever you have the time. I fully expect you to have a beverage in hand while you're listening, because events always have drinks, coffee, tea, water, gotta stay hydrated, people. Or if you've somehow gotten through the workday, you've worked out, fed the dog, made dinner, gave the kids a bath, read them a bedtime story, said their prayers, and got said kids to finally snooze, then you should have wine in your hand. So listen in and enjoy the event. back to RSVP Radio with Brooke Podcast. I'm excited to share with you guys today a conversation that I had with Heather Lindemood. She and I met at a um, networking event um, through a like a social media networking um, um, group uh, last September, I think. Um, you know, we kind of like clung to each other at the event and we just kind of kept in touch once ever since then. And, um, she has a really unique story and perspective that I wanted to share with you all, um, regarding, um, actually eating disorders and how having a routine and, um, focusing on good nutrition, um, can, had really helped her in, in getting out of that, but a little bit about Heather. So, She was a special education teacher working with learning and behavior disorders for 14 years, and she graduated from Western Kentucky University with a degree in exceptional education with an emphasis in middle school language arts, which I love. And she also has a master's degree in teaching and educational leadership. So teacher by nature. Um, and so now she works from home um, with a full-time career. And she's also a well-being coach for a wellness company and a fitness instructor with certifications in PIO and Bar Above, if you've ever heard of those. Um, and a little bit about her health journey in particular. So she um, started to struggle with her health and the spiral that kind of Um, accumulated into an eating disorder. It began her senior year of college. She had a huge list of triggers that brought it on and made the battle even harder to fight, which I'm sure we can all relate to in that season of life. Um, It took hitting rock bottom with an emotional plea from her grandmother um, before she decided to really actively seek help after battling it kind of alone for three years. Um, And it wasn't an easy recovery and took years of hard work and finding out what worked for her. But having two teenage girls uh, herself made her even more passionate about sharing with others um, how to find better health and balance, how to find a better routine, that food is not the enemy, um, and you can really enjoy great nutrition and make your body stronger for all that life demands of it. Um, She loves to provide easy, balanced meals and snack ideas for busy families with picky eaters. Um, If you follow her on Instagram, you'll see all kinds of the things that she makes um, and a lot of her like fitness fitness journey as well. So um, I'm excited to share our conversation and I hope you enjoy. Heather, how are you doing this morning? I am great. Thank you. So excited to be chatting with you today. 
Yeah, I gave uh, listeners a little bit about uh, you and how we kind of met and how kind of random it was. Um, we kind of like stuck together at a little networking thing. What about a year ago, right? It was a year ago. Yeah, it's just been yeah. just a little over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we connected there. And um, I'm excited to kind of hear your story here and um, dive right in. So tell us a little bit more about you and your family and, and maybe a little bit about your background. Okay, so mostly Southern Indiana girl did most of my growing up here. Um, and so I have two teenage girls, I have a 13 year old and an 18 year old. And we live in, of course, Indiana, um, two dogs, um, working mom full time uh, for our online retail businesses um, for, with my husband. And uh, as a side, I am doing I do health and fitness. I'm a fitness instructor and a wellness uh, well-being coach. Um, just super busy with uh, girls and life and work and all the things. Yeah. Crazy, crazy how crazy how much those kids just pile on all the things in our life. They do. <laughs> in the they best do. and craziest ways. Um, okay, that's awesome. So tell us a little bit, kind of focusing more on the health and wellness side. Um, yes. tell us a little bit about like your health journey. And you know, we kind of let listeners know in the beginning um of the episode here that we're gonna be talking a little bit about um eating disorders and your battle specifically and how you've kind of grown through that. So tell us about your health journey and where you kind of started and where you are now. Okay, so yeah, my journey is probably a little bit unusual um, than most people because I grew up um, in the 80s and 90s. And so the culture then, of course, was a lot different. So that was when you saw a lot of um, prepared, prepackaged convenience foods really popping up, um, making their debut. It was fun. Advertising was flashy. Um, so that's what you know people did. We ate a lot of snacks. Um, I never had any issues at that time with weight, never thought about it, you know, just um, a kid doing their thing, eating all the things. Um, we weren't like super into health or anything uh, as a family. Um, my mom would cook dinners, of course, traditional dinners, um, you know, pot roast, meatloaf, um, the whole nine yards, and she would have a veggie with it. I was always a good eater as far as that goes. Like I liked everything. I was not picky except for if it came to things like liver or something. So mm -hmm. she just, yeah, she knew not to serve those things. But, um, so as a teenager, I never, you know, really had any issues about body weight or being self-conscious. Um, it was not a really a big deal with my friendship group. Um, I was not super, I wasn't an exerciser, was not super athletic. I did things that I liked. Um, I was, I danced from the time, like I was four all the way to 18, um, tap ballet, jazz, all the mm -hmm. things and, um, played softball. And I came into that late, um, later than most people do. Uh, so I started, you know, around sixth grade, most people had already started by then and did that all through high school too. What's so funny is I'm so not athletic that I did not want to run. So I had to learn how to hit the ball really hard <laughs> to avoid having to come to like a hard run. Yes. I didn't want to slide. I didn't want to get my pants dirty. So I really had to learn how to hit that ball and get around the bases. Oh, that's too funny. Without having to do those things. 
So growing up, I would say I was not athletic. Um, same with going into college. Um, you know, same thing. Uh, but it was, and again, there was really no issues with weight at that point. Um, but I think at that point, I also started to have a little bit of health issues. So I started noticing I would have, um, some gut issues. Mm -hmm. So a lot of digestion problems. Um, I would break out in hives sometimes for no reason, just felt sickly weak all the time. Um, so I just would say I was just not a real healthy person, Mm -hmm. but of course I was, you know, eating, um, all the things that college kids do drinking, um, diet Coke, swishing it all down. So lots of chemicals, lots of prepared foods, nothing, uh, really healthy. So, um, I would say growing up, I, I did not know about really healthy foods or what worked for my body. Um, and that's just how pretty much everybody was that I was around at that time. Yeah. I think, um, it's always funny to me because it sounds like we blame the generation before us when I think that's not what we're doing. It's what the generation before us was taught. Um, yeah. Cause I, I wrote down, you know, it's such a culture shift, even from like home ec type classes, right. That we had when we were growing up were different than what our parents had. And yeah. so my mom was the same way. She would cook, you know, a, a protein of some sort, very traditional meatloaf, you know, that kind of stuff with a starch, usually a potato, and then usually a canned vegetable. And typically the potato was from a box. Like they were taught the convenience factor. Um, so it's, I, I always try to like think and give them grace. Like it's not their fault that they didn't impart that knowledge on us. They didn't know. Yeah, exactly. And, And the same here, a lot of stuff was boxed or canned, but you know, my mom was also a full time working mom. Right. So she can't, you know, she did, amazing for like being a busy, busy working mom. She still made sure we had a hot meal and everybody was fed. It's just, um, our convenience, what we have now available is so much different than what it was growing up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so talk about going in after you're, you're kind of having some of those health issues. What, um, what kind of release like went further down into that, that battle that you, you ended up having? Yeah, absolutely. So, Um, it's something I don't talk about a lot. So this is the first time really that I've openly talked about it. Um, but I, it's been growing more and more that I feel like it needs to be shared because there's so much going on right now about anti-diet culture. Sure. And I think some things need to be shared about my journey. So, um, what at that point in college, um, a lot happened for me. So there was multiple triggers and a lot of people think anorexia is, um, caused by, just, they think that people just want to be skinny, right? It's about self-image when really it's, um, typically a mental health thing. There's a lot of triggers, a lot of things going on emotionally that trigger and cause the the behavior itself. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, several things hit all at once. So in college, um, around my junior, senior year, my parents divorced, Mm -hmm. um, and it was a messy divorce. It was bad. Um, And, you know, I won't get into details because it's their story to tell, but it was bad all around. And even being at that age that I was in college, it affected me so much. I no longer had that home base to go home to. Um, I was stuck in the middle of two people. Um, So there was a huge battle. I was also, you know, 
fiercely defensive of my mom for what was going on. So I had that hit me. Um, my health was getting worse. I was having major digestion issues. So when I would eat, it did not feel good. Mm. Um, it hurt. So I think the, the compound of what I was going through with stress and then the food I was taking in was taking a toll on my body. Um, I also had started doing a lot of my um, internships uh, for teaching. Mm -hmm. So I was working with behavioral disorders, learning behavioral disorders. So a lot of my placements were um, middle schools and high schools with severe behavior disorders. So it was a high stress level position. I was even, you know, to the point of uh, taken down by a kid at one point. You oh know, my and, gosh. And, yeah. So there were some severe behaviors uh, that were going on. So I had it kind of hitting at all at once. I was in a bad relationship that ended that had really taken a toll on my self-esteem. Um, that person had been really into appearance. It was the first time mm. in my life that I had ever really stressed about. I was in a sorority and I never had these issues, but suddenly that one person, that relationship all of a sudden I was really concerned about my appearance because that's what they were concerned about. Mm -hmm. So I had multiple triggers hit me all at once when this started. So for me, it was about taking control, but also becoming smaller. So at the, at the same time, I wanted to take control of all the things that I was out of control with. Mm -hmm. And I also, uh, in my own way, I wanted to disappear. Sure. I wanted to kind of not physically be where I was. Um, and I wanted to shrink and, um, my, my way of doing that was to eliminate, start to eliminate foods. Um, so I, I kind of gradually started making rules in my head about you can eat this, you can eat that because that won't hurt you. Um, and only have so many calories a day. And I won't talk about specifics because I don't want to trigger anyone. Sure, so I sure. won't talk about numbers or foods, because I, again, I don't want to like trigger anybody. For sure. Um, so I would only eat specific foods that I knew would probably not hurt my stomach. And then that amount got smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. Um, and this went on for, gosh, uh, it's, I would say it started my senior year. Um, and then it went on for probably a good three years of severity. Like, once I graduated, got married, it was still going on. Um, and I, until I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I got started. Yeah. Yeah. And what, um, first of all, thank you for sharing that, especially if it's not something that you typically do. Um, I appreciate you being open and honest and I think other people will resonate with that. So thank you. Um, but tell me a little bit about once you hit that point and you decided, okay, I need some help. Um, this is what's going to happen. Like, how did, how has your mindset evolved since then? Like, what does that look like for you? Okay. So when I say I hit rock bottom, what had happened was I'm, I'm teaching now I'm a professional, I'm married, mm -hmm. but I was super unhealthy. So I had probably not had a period in a good two years. Mm. Um, I was at the point of, um, people noticed mm -hmm. that I didn't eat around them. And when I did eat, it was very ritualistic. Um, so I'm in the teacher's lounge. I look a lot different than the other people that are in the mm -hmm. teacher's lounge and my eating habits were a lot different. Um, so it was noticeable, um, my size, what I was doing. Um, and then it came to a point where I got a letter from my grandma 
Um, my, my parents had always been concerned when my mom, especially, um, I was having heart palpitations at that Mm. point because it takes a toll on your body. It's exhausting. All I had the energy for was to get through my day, my school day. And then I would be exhausted. I have to do the rest of my work on the couch. Um, but so I got a letter from my grandma, which was so out of the norm. Um, and everybody, my mom's mom, um, looked up to her. She was adored. Um, she was such a strong person, had been through so much. So we all look up to her. So I got this letter and when I read it, I just lost it because it was a plea basically um, about how much she loved me, what a strong person I am. And she's so proud of me and um, that she didn't want me to die Mm. Um, and that it was so hard to watch my mom and to watch me. And to know that that's where it was going. Mm-hmm. And it was that, I mean, that was the only outcome that was going to happen was that, um, I, my body was breaking down. So, um, and before that, actually I had had a, a boss, a principal that had, um, kind of investigated and, um, actually took me out to dinner and it was kind of like a test, mm. um, took me to dinner and, watched what I ate and, you know, pretty much openly asked me how I was and if I was having any issues. And so, I mean, it was, it was bad. Mm. So I knew I was at the point of either I'm going to die. I'm going to lose my job. I I need to get this. Something needs to happen. It's either I'm going to die for this control or I need to rein it in and I need to figure it out and get healthy. I knew I wanted to have children. I knew I wanted my life. Um, so it was at that point I decided I need to fight. Um, So my mom really helped me. Um, We didn't even live in the same town, Mm -hmm. but she came and I asked her for help and she helped me reach out and find um, a counselor and a nutritionist that I started working with um, along with a psychiatrist. So um, at that point, we started really diving into the the issues that were at hand. It was more than about the control and the not eating. It was about all those multitude of things that triggered it. I needed to work through. So that was the first step. Um, the nutritionist did not really go well. So, Mm. um, my nutritionist that I was paired with, it had never dealt with, you know, herself. She had not somebody that had ever had an eating disorder. She was a huge exerciser, a marathoner. Um, and just, I mean, you could tell physically and she was not relating to me. Um, just kind of basically told me about to eat the FDA guidelines. Here's the food pyramid. Um, you need, you need to get X amount of calories in. there was not a lot of real, um, guidance into my food sensitivity issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully the sound is okay. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> We've got longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was, there wasn't a lot of, um, guidance into my, my particular food issues or how to get to those calories. It was just get these amount of calories in and, um, and that was not working for me because mm. I had such a fear and a phobia right. of food and it hurting me that um, it wasn't working. So my battle really continued on um, finding a good way to get in calories, but also get healthy and feel good at the same time. There was not a lot of research then. Again, still, this is um, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, about food sensitivities and eating, there was stuff coming out about gluten, um, and people being gluten free, that stuff was super hard to find then, Mm. um, even lactose free, because I knew that I could not have lactose. I was super lactose intolerant. 
um, all of that stuff was so hard to find. And it's almost just like, just eat. Mm. It, it was basically what she kept telling me. You just need to get these calories in. And it was a constant battle between us. Um, so it was not a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so from then I would, I started yo-yoing. Yeah. Um, eventually I got my hormones under control with the work of doctors, um, extra hormones, getting in some extra calories. Um, but I would, when I first started to, um, increase my calories and I, again, I don't want to trigger anyone. Um, I was so extremely underweight that my body did not know how to handle that. So you get very puffy. Um, your body doesn't know how to, your metabolism is shot. So it doesn't really know how to use the food yet. So your body looks different. Mm -hmm. So I was very puffy. I looked inflamed all the time when I increased my food. Um, so things were just not right. So I was going up and down trying to figure out this food thing. I would say all through even having my kids finally being able to get pregnant. Um, I miscarried in between the two. Um, there was a lot, a lot of years between the two. And then I had a a difficult pregnancy with my second an emergency C-section with her. Um, and again, my food, I had healthy pregnancies because for some reason, you know, that voice inside you says, you know, you, yep. you have to eat healthy, be healthy for the baby. So that of course kept me going, kept me strong right. through my pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I probably did not find a good way to eat. I struggled yo-yo different programs, tried keto, tried, you know, cause oh, maybe this will make me feel good and I'll be healthy and still be able to maintain a good weight. Um, until I found macros. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I finally found, um, macro tracking it, for me, that was freedom because it was the first time I was able to eat for a goal. It was like, I wasn't restricting anything. Mm-hmm. I was able to eat for power for fuel. And I was able to try to strive for numbers instead of decreasing, which would always trigger mm. that that control. Like if I was doing a program that made you um, like portion size, yes, counting calories that triggered. So macros for me was a freedom and finding out now we have so much research about what inflames us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's so much available. So that finally was my freedom, even though I know that people hear that it's diet culture. It really wasn't for me. That is what finally worked. And I, and I had been so much better ever since. Like, I don't feel like I'm stressing and always worrying about what I have to eat next. Right. I think, I don't know that I've ever put these pieces together and you've done this for me, but, um, you know, we always talk about how, especially, you know, going at it from a macro based approach rather than calories, a is mind boggling for our generation and who we are, because that is not how we were raised, but B also because, um, you know, we talk about food freedom versus deprivation. And I feel like we say that we say that, but the meaning behind it, I think you just hit the nail on the head, um, is nine times out of 10. If it's a calorie based approach, you're looking at what you need to take away, what you need to, what you need to remove in order to get to whatever said goal is. Whereas with the macro approach, every single time, nine times out of 10, we're saying eat more, eat more to that goal, go towards yeah. that goal. Um, it's more out of a place of abundance rather than a place of limitation. Um, 
And so I think you define that really clearly. Um, and I, I think that's something that listeners need to hear because I think they hear all these things. Okay. Well, we're not tracking calories. We're tracking macros. Is it still diet culture? I think that's the piece of it is it's not because we're looking at it from a place of abundance rather than limitation. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh my gosh, okay, so I get to eat towards this goal. And that little rule follower and me, I was finally able to work in a positive because I was able to put in um, that rule follower into a positive place. So it was like, yes. okay, you need to use these rules now to work towards getting in your protein, getting in your carbs, getting in your healthy fats. So it was working for good instead of against me, instead of saying, you have to take it away, take it away, take it away. It was like, you re- you have to get it in. Let's work towards getting it in. You need to fight for strength and power and fuel. Yeah. And I think that's part of it too, is it's not a, it's not a fight for, um, okay, I'm not, I'm going to not eat these things because I've been told not to, so that I can get skinny so that I can look better in the mirror so that I, you know, all those things that people probably, that's a, this is a surface level of what they want sometimes when they're on a health journey, but it's more so like what you're saying is I need to fight for that fuel, that energy, that power, that control, um, so that you feel like you have kind of a fighting chance when it comes to really being in control of your health. Exactly. And, and I do, the fact that I work with people a lot of times that um, their goal is weight loss, um, I, I think it's, it's still important for them to know that they need to fuel their body and um, stop thinking about the things that they need to take away. It's more like, what do you need to add for good, for fuel, to power your body? Um, because that's what's going to get them a lifestyle approach to, to maintaining their weight once they get there, instead of that yo-yo mm-hmm. of let's deficit, let's lose, let's lose, let's lose. Um, and other styles I had done in the past, I feel like working with people with macros really gives them, sets them up for success that they can use in the long term. Yeah. And not feeling like, cause at once at a certain point, if you're saying less and less and less and less, then you're like, this is for the birds. I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. And the frustration kicks in. Whereas if you're taking the opposite approach, you may be frustrated trying to figure out all that you're going to eat in the beginning. Um, but once you have a routine down, I think that that is what is key. Yes, exactly. As routines and um, habits that you build have been huge with, I think also, again, that's what I've loved about macros so much is that you can build a routine and a lifestyle with it and set up daily habits. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because a lot of what, you know, I kind of go through with listeners is how, when you establish those habits, they allow you to achieve those health and wellness goals even more. And I think there's a disconnect there. Sometimes they think that they just need to do one side of the puzzle over here, but this whole other side on how the pieces to the parts equal up is is equally as important. So tell me a, a little bit about how like the power of like your routine has helped you kind of make this a, a true lifestyle for you. Absolutely. So um, for me, I always encourage people. And what I do is I, I always keep a planner. I'm huge with planners, whether yours is digital or paper. I even do hourly. Um, I love an hourly planner um, for about my day because I'm working a full-time job. I'm doing fitness instructing. Um, you know, you're getting the kids to where they need to go, but you need to schedule in those things set them up. I love the hourly. I encourage that because 
once it's down and you see it, then everybody in your house also knows what's going on. So it kind of becomes like a thing in the house. Everybody knows we're going to look at the schedule. This is what we're going to follow. Um, if you think of like I was a teacher in the past, um, kids thrive with routine. And yes. Sure. And really that never goes away. If, if you kind of leave your day willy nilly, then that's kind of how things go. Um, but if you set it up that this is what I'm going to do when I wake up, this is what I'm going to do in the afternoon. This is what I'm going to do. Then it be, starts to become a habit. You are what you habitually do. Um, so I, the power of routine scheduling it, a planner, I think is huge. And I'm the same way with meal planning. I, even though I don't necessarily prep. Yeah. Same, <laughs> I same. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> I'm a planner though. I will Sundays. Yes. I, I schedule all my family dinners in. Um, and then I just make sure I have the food in the house. Um, yeah. It's that easy. It does not have to be hard or complicated. Um, just knowing what you're going to have and then having it available to cook is a huge part of the battle. Otherwise it's like, if you didn't plan it, it's like, well, I don't have anything. It's five o'clock. I guess we'll order in or go grab right. something. So just having that plan is huge. Yeah, I could not agree more. We have a very similar style of how we approach things. Um, but I want to mention too, for, you know, kind of like the naysayers that are like, okay, I'm not a planner by nature. And let's say I map things out. And um, I think there's something to be said about flexibility. Um, yes. And it's almost like you have to go at something pretty, pretty rigidly in the beginning. And then once you figure out what works and once you've made a few tweaks, made a few changes, then that's when that flexibility can enter in. Um, I think that goes for meal planning. You know, we operate on a, on a, on a way now that, you know, I do the same thing over the weekend. I get our, at least our dinners mapped out. I map in at least two nights where we're probably going to be going out to eat. Cause let's be real. Yeah. Then, but in the beginning I was more like, okay, this is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there was really no scheduled out to eat. Um, because that was just setting myself up for success so that when it came down the road, I was able to make that, those changes, those audibles a little bit more clearly and feel good about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I always encourage people to, to have a night where they even make extra so that they can have, or a couple nights so that they can have a leftovers night. Yes. Um, you know, it's so that you're not feeling overwhelmed that you do have to cook every night, but I think leftovers are amazing. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. I encourage that too. Yeah. I, unfortunately my husband is coming around to leftovers, but pretty much after day, day two, no, he's not doing it. Um, so my family was like that too. First. Yeah. But we like lived on leftovers when I was growing up. I mean, all the time. Same. So, yeah. um, never underestimate the power of a good leftover for a lunch or a dinner. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so we talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but I mean, kind of shifting gears again into these, these habits and that sort of thing, but you know, you're, you're a mom, you're a full-time professional, you're an entrepreneur, you've got lots going on. How do you specifically, we talked about planning, but is there anything else that you use to manage your time and stick to your healthy habits and make them a priority? Um, well, let's see, I, I would say just my, basically my planner and knowing that everybody is aware of what's going on in the day so that they know if they ask me that it's already prioritized so that they know where to look in my day. So yes. I do prioritize, um, fitness, um, 
I wasn't an athlete growing up, like I said, right. but I discovered it later on. So it's a huge priority. It's part of my recovery for sure is, um, you know, anxiety and stress. And it is such a huge key, not just for like physical, but for the mental health benefits. So I, ha- I do make sure that that's a priority that I get in. Um, so, and then my, when I teach right now, I'm teaching virtually. So I make sure that planner, I would say is huge plan your day, have a morning routine. Mm-hmm. I think that that's huge, whether it's just getting up a little bit earlier before the kids, so you can mentally get in a good spot, yep. write down the things that you need to do. Um, so I think those are usually the things that I do. So planner planning the meals ahead. And again, like you said, having flexibility within that, that was hard for me coming from that rules mindset mm-hmm. and my background. Um, but now I know that it's okay. Things aren't always going to be perfect. Um, and then you can just go right back into your routine whenever. Um, I do make sure that I'm prepared um, ahead. So I always keep things in my purse um, mm-hmm. for on the go so that I'm not ever not going out without fuel or nutrition. Um, I think that, you know, the, that that could be a trigger for people too is, feeling unprepared Yes. You know, when you go somewhere with food or nutrition. So I do like to keep good, healthy, like macro balanced nutrition and um, snacks in my purse and on the go. Um, so that's, I think would be my biggest takeaways is getting a good planner. If you can hourly, I think they're amazing, especially if you're a busy mom, whether you're uh, at home with the kid doing virtual school or working, I think it's been a lifesaver. Yes. Yes. Amen to that. And I've like, I've talked about this before on other episodes, but taking like my, I like to write everything down in the actual planner, but then I have the, the Google calendar that I then like transpose everything on so that I'm not like double booking myself because I've done that a million times. (laughs) Yes, Uh I know. And I do, I do do separate. I have like a meal planner separate than my daily schedule so that everybody can kind of check out both. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so kind of circling back to, you know, the beginning of our conversation and talking about like your, your battle specifically, but what, if there are women listening to this, that feel like, um, they're kind of in the same boat as you, or they're, they're dealing with some of the same things that you dealt with, how, what, what advice can you give them on taking the steps to, kind of take control of their health a little bit and, and seek that, that, that assistance that they may be needing? Um, I think that it's okay to ask for help. Um, just acknowledge that you need help from others. Um, and so I think the, the best thing I ever did was reaching out and, and a team approach I think is amazing. Mm. So, um, you know, like having the mental health, uh, approach along with, finding nutritionists, doctors, um, you know, my gynecologist was huge and part of my recovery too, believe it or not. Mm. Um, so having that full team approach and reaching out, I think is so powerful. Um, and, and not trying to take it all on yourself, um, arm yourself with good professionals. And if you don't mesh well, like I didn't with that dietitian, it's okay. That doesn't mean you have to give up. Yes. Find somebody that you do mesh with. Um, that understands you. There's so much, so many more people available now though. Like I said, than than then, um, it was that standard American diet approach wasn't really tailored to what worked for my body. Um, so there are people out there that will work specifically for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, this has been so good. I'm so glad we got to share your story and, and hear your really unique perspective on, on all of these things. Um, but tell listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more about what you do from the health and wellness side um, on the internet space. Absolutely. So I am um, Heather Lindemood on um, Instagram pretty easy to find me there. And then, um, same with Facebook. And I think I'll, I gave you some links there for that. I'll put those in the show notes. So I have, um, Instagram and Facebook. I do have Pinterest, um, but I don't have a lot of content on there yet. So it's something I'm building. Um, website is in the works. So stay tuned for that. Um, helping to add some more things to that. And, um, I do have a freebie, a little, um, I love to plan by themes. Ooh, so yeah. for my weekly family meals. So I did provide the link to that. If it, it just kind of like kicks off a little spontaneity to think about dinner, like different ideas to get you going out of the rut. So um, grab that if you can. Yeah. What an awesome idea. I love that. All right. Well, I will put all that in the show notes and um, a link to that freebie as well. So thank you again so much for being on here and for your time. And um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of um, amazing feedback on, on listening to your story today. Thank you so much. And again, I know my story is everybody's story is different and everybody's road to recovery will be different. Um, I think it's just important to keep fighting for your health and your well-being and your future is just so important. You are important and you're worthy and you're worthy to take up space. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Thanks, girl. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.